Welcome to Psychedelicast. Hosted by Clinton Cayley, this show is an interview-based podcast focused on offering listeners in-depth information concerning plant medicines, entheogens, and all subjects tangential to psychedelia. Join us in prying open the third eye. Greetings, elflings and fey folk of Middle-earth. My name is Clinton Cayley. I'm the host of a podcast called Psychedelicast. You're listening to it right now. Welcome to the show. Um, normally, we're supposed to run an interview this week, but I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. I had a bank of them saved up. I burned through them. I haven't been as on the ball about interviewing, but all that's going to change. I've got two or three interviews lined up next week. We're going to knock them out and uh, get you guys some great guests back on the show. I know um, statistically, you guys seem to enjoy the guest interview shows more so than these. Um, I guess I'm just not as interesting as the awesome people that I platform on this show, and I totally understand why. That that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Uh, We're going to do a little episode here today, kind of a splice of two of my earlier writings. We're going to call this one DMT Dreamland. I hope you guys enjoy this little discussion and reading of my work. So guys, we're actually going to do a little promo for friends and former guests of the show, the Mystical Heart Collective, my good friends uh, Sinclair Fleetwood and John Steiner. This is their project. Um, they asked me to actually, they they didn't ask me to promote it really, they asked me to come and be involved in the uh, program that they are offering. Um, it's called Be Good to Yourself Boot Camp. They actually offered me free admittal, admittance, whatever that word is, to this program. Um, it is going to be an online uh, offering, two weekends, August 1 and 2 and August 8 and 9. Um, they are offering to you a program inspired by the intrinsic natural power of the elements and the ancient wisdom of the shamanic medicine wheel. Be Good to Yourself Bootcamp is a powerful, meaningful, heart-centered approach to holistic growth. We believe the key to having the life you want starts with developing a loving, nurturing, joyful relationship with yourself. Amen. The first step to solving any problem is admitting you have one. We all want to bring the rest of ourselves to this life and frankly, pardon me, we all want to bring the best of ourselves to this life and frankly, it's been really hard to know how to do that this year. This event will get you back on track to feeling joyful in only four days. Join our Mystical Heart Collective family and meet spiritually minded, supportive people on the same journey as you. We create a safe, welcoming, non-judgmental space for you to truly be yourself. We grow by choosing to go deep, get open, and be willing to look at the ways that we are stuck and have the courage to change things that aren't working. The only way out is through, and this event is a crash course in identifying your pain points, being honest with yourself, and committing to taking action to create the life you want. And you also get to hang out with us, have fun, and learn how to love yourself. So, um, I'm not sure what the total cost of that program is. I want to say it's $44 up front. However, for Psychedelicast listeners, we've been offered a promo code for $11 off the total cost of the boot camp. The promo code is MHCFAMILY, M-H-C-F-A-M. I-L-Y, all one word. If you input that um, code into your purchasing option via Facebook, you'll receive $11 off the total cost. We would highly recommend that you take this opportunity for spiritual growth and development with some awesome people and former guests of the show, The Mystical. 
at the Mystical Heart Collective. We appreciate that. All right, guys. So by the time that you listen to this episode, which will be Monday this coming August the 3rd, um, the Mystical Heart Collective's Be Good Yourself Boot Camp week, Weekend 1 will have already come to pass. I hope you guys are involved in that. And uh, if you're not, you can still catch them next weekend uh, for, for the second uh, part of their program. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy that and really get something good out of it. Don't forget to use that promo code to get $11 off the total cost. Beyond that, guys, as always, we implore you to engage with us on all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Psychedelicast. Subscribe to the show on your podcatcher of choice. Drop us a review. Leave us some stars. Spread the love. Spread the show. You know what it means to us. It means the world. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's do our psychedelic review before we get into our reading for the week. All right, guys. So this week, we're going to review one of my favorite albums for you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we haven't done music in a little bit. I think, who did we cover music-wise so far? Caligula's Horse and Protest the Hero. Fucking fantastic. Both those bands and records. Um, last week, what did we do? Mandy, great movie. This week, I want to tell you about a record that it goes on and off my radar, but right now it's really, really on, and this band is really, really on. Uh, this is a very kind of like, I don't know how to describe this band, but to me, they have a very, like, mystical, psychedelic, like, sludgy, doom edge to them, like a really wizardy kind of a vibe to them. I'm talking about Mastodon. The album that I want to review for you today is a 2017 masterpiece known as Emperor of Sand. Uh, Hopefully that there are people out there who are fans of Mastodon that listen to this show. Mastodon and Tool are probably my top two favorite psychedelically, heavily psychedelically influenced musical acts. Um, Tool probably a little bit more so uh, upfront and vocal about it, but it's undeniable that Mastodon is heavily psychedelically influenced, and they talk about that in interviews and stuff. Let's talk a little bit about this 2017 record, Emperor of Sand. With their customary cross-breeding of rock genres, the Georgians reflect on mortality and serious illness via the story of a condemned man wandering the desert. So far, so Prague. Indeed, Jaguar God spends eight minutes running the gamut from folk rock and psychedelic abandon to iron-plated riffs and acrobatic fretwork. This deeply emotional record isn't a wholesale return to the intricate epics of 2009's Crack the Sky, Though the punchy hard rock of Show Yourself and the, de- and the mel- melodic sludge of Steam Breather deliver instant fun-sized thrills. 2009's Crack the Sky is also one of my favorite albums. I fucking love Mastodon, dude. They fucking... Not only are they just so psychedelic and sludgy, they're just like... Just monster musicians, and they all sing, and they all play. Like, they're fucking amazing, dude. Like... If you're not a fan of Mastodon, you should be, and your life is incomplete. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's see. Uh, Standout tracks for me. I could literally name this entire album, but I'll say uh, intro track, Sultan's Curse, fantastic. Show Yourself, fantastic. Precious Stones, fucking fantastic. Steam Breather, amazing. Roots Remain, amazing. So that's the first five songs in a row, absolute demolishers. Word to the Wise is good, Ancient Kingdom track 7, fantastic, Clandestiny good, Andromeda track 9, fucking crusher, 
um, and then Scorpion Breath, and finally Jaguar God, which is like a nine-minute epic that, like, like uh, the piece I just read, runs the gamut of musicianship. Dude, if you're a fan of, let's see, what is this band for fans of? I would say this band is like for fans of, obviously, Tool, I'd say Gojira, maybe Baroness, maybe um, the Dillinger Escape Plan-ish. Um, yeah, that's a few of them. I'd say Gojira, Baroness, Tool, those are good places to start for fans of. Anyways, guys, I'm going to give Sultan's, pardon me, I'm going to give uh, Sultan's Curse, Emperor of Sand, I'm going to give it uh, 90 milligrams out of 100 milligrams of pure DMT smoked vaporized. Let's get into our reading. Thank you, guys. DMT Dreamland. I dream I am in a building on the coast, the shoreline. The building is tall, cheaply made. It has several levels and is filled with random building materials and hoarded knickknacks. My father's handiwork. He is here somewhere. Like a ghost, I catch a glimpse of a tattered yellow t-shirt disappearing between stacks of wood as I turn a corner. The t-shirt is familiar. It's the one my mom always complained about. I don't know why your dad insists on wearing that shirt. It's full of holes. He's had it for 10 years. I know why now. I have those shirts. Shredded. The logo of the band whose concert I bought it at long faded into obscurity. It conforms to me perfectly, custom-fitted over time. The women in my life still shaking their heads every time I pull it over my body. I can't catch up to him in the labyrinthine maze of stacked lumber, unfinished projects, and dusty, sentimental oddities. I don't know why I'm trying to. What is there to say? We ascend levels, me chasing, him ever elusive, but I cannot catch him. Pieces of my past are tucked away here, piled there. Childhood toys, picture frames, furniture I recognize, random pieces of a life I used to live. Suddenly we are in a place of music. A concert hall? No, a sanctuary, a church. The band is playing some four chord worship song. I am sitting alone on a long pew. I am a little boy again. Clint, stand up. I hear the command from behind me with all the consternation and packaged rage it, has, it always has. A growl, a snarl. I turn, and there he is. His face is a rictus of severity. His hands are clasped together in front of his stomach, his classic church stance. He releases his right hand and jerks a thumb upward toward the ceiling with his teeth gritted. I have been here before, in this exact moment, many times. I face forward, waste a moment to piss him off, and begrudgingly stand. If only his rule of law had ever made any sense to me, it all seems so illogical, unhinged from any purpose. Maybe I built a bias over time, but I could never understand the why of his endless demanding. Like I could never quite track him down. I couldn't keep up with where he was trying to go, especially now. If it all led to this, then what was the point? In the lamp's dim glow, my companion administered the medicine. I took it all in one big hit, held it, and lie back. The song I had selected disappeared into psychedelic onslaught. I felt my body begin to writhe, curling itself into a fetal position. I don't recall being in the hyperspace tunnel, but I quickly broke through into a massive, spherical, sci-fi aesthetic atrium. I began to weep uncontrollably. 
I was elsewhere, but I could feel guttural sobs racking my body. A torrent of pain unleashed itself inside me. I was suspended in the atrium, eye to eye with a towering golden face. Crystalline, geometrically complex, and shimmering, we spun together in time, staring at each other. The face was vaguely Mayan, alien, and godlike. A massive, intelligent visage that fluxed and flowed as we made contact with one another. It spoke to me without speaking. Just cry. It's okay. Let it out. The body I left outside the DMT realm bucked with the ferocity of my weeping. Never in my life have I cried so violently. A dam somewhere inside me had ruptured. An ocean of sadness was pouring out of me. I was mourning the loss of my relationship with my partner. I was mourning the loss of the relationship with my father. I was mourning the state of the world at large. For all intents and purposes, I was projectile vomiting uncertainty and doubt and sadness. It exploded out of me. I could feel it being wrenched out of my chest. I could physically feel it being torn out of my heart. Emotional anguish become visceral. I watched it all leave me in a tractor-beamed silvery wisp of liquid smoke, one agony after the other being extracted as I floated face to face with the shimmering godhead. I knew that this was my purge. Ayahuasca had offered me the opportunity to relinquish pain, but this was ripping it out of me savagely, stripping me of it, cutting away, soul surgery that deserved no finesse. Enough is enough. Shear this cancer at its root. The vision began to fade as my sobs began to quell. I could only sit on the couch in bleary-eyed astonishment as reality reassembled itself in my room. Oh my god, what the fuck? I awoke the following morning with a lightness I hadn't felt in months. I considered the things that had been so cutting for me the day before, their razor-sharp edges blunted now. A golden smile that I didn't have to force lit my face as I looked into the mirror. There you have it, folks. DMT Dreamland, written by yours truly. Two different pieces written at two different times, spliced together. I have a tendency to do that. Um, so I'll give you a little bit of behind-the-scenes information. How I how I put these together, these No Trip Sitter episodes, is quite often I will have a piece that I wrote recently that I feel very strongly about, and that will be the piece that I use, depending on length depending on content, depending on how well it fits into my life at the moment and how well it fits into kind of what's going on in the world at the moment. Sometimes it does fit all those things. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I have to squeeze it. Um, but sometimes, and this has happened several times while putting these episodes together, I'll go back through things that I've written in the past while I'm also considering a recent shorter segment that I wrote. Because oftentimes I write these in almost like blog post style I'm trying to practice like a minimalistic style uh, where I'm able to get the point across without overly um, being overly heavy-handed in doing so. Um, but I also want you guys to have at least somewhat of a meaty episode. Like I try to, I want to get these to, these no trip sitters between 25 and 30 minutes, so it doesn't take up your entire morning, but it 
it's also something to think about throughout the day or throughout the week or to not think about it all if you don't even listen to these and don't like them. Uh, that's not for me to decide. Um, but often what I'll do is I'll go back through my previous writings and I'll find things that kind of fit the mood or fit the vibe or kind of seem to uh, accompany the, the initial piece that I want to use, particularly if it's a shorter piece. Um, so the piece that I wanted to use for this one was the last, the latter portion that I read to you guys about the DMT experience, and that's what it was. Um, oftentimes when I write these, I try to make them as narrative as possible. I don't want them to be overly, um, I don't want them to be overly realistically descriptive. I'm more so interested in, um, translating the experience to you in terms of what it meant to me instead of just saying, hey, I smoked some DMT, I had a crazy fucking trip, I saw this golden face and this and this and I cried and yada, yada, yada. I would rather um, translate these experiences in a more artistically and creatively uh, pleasing fashion for myself, but also I generally want to attempt to convey to you what it meant to me, not just what I actually experienced, if that makes sense. And so as I was going through and deciding to use this DMT uh, experience piece that I had, I thought about how much that that DMT experiences and many of my DMT experiences and many of my psychedelic experiences in general are so closely related to the dream state. And throughout my life, I've had these very bizarre, often strange but often profound dreams or dreams to me that I feel are profound experiences. And I had this dream about my father. I'd say this has been roughly a year ago. And actually, me and my dad have been working recently on putting our relationship back together, although that's still a very rocky road and it's difficult. But you know, we've been spending some time together. We've been speaking. At this, at the point that I wrote this, I probably hadn't spoken to my father for a year and a half, and I had that dream about him. And I know it's hard for me to convey like the sense of familiarity that I felt during that dream to you, the listener, or you, the reader. But the house that I was in during that dream was like a 15-story version of this kind of work shed workspace that my dad has had for years and it's a very familiar place to me um i've spent a lot of time there i actually lived in it at one point when we were building our original home when i was a young young child it's a very familiar place to me and in this dream i was inside like a taller version of that building and I was like chasing my dad through all this stacks. My dad's basically a hoarder, I guess you could say. Um, so I was chasing my dad through all the stacks of all of his shit that he never gets rid of. And I would just like, in my dream, I would see him like turn this corner right up ahead of me. And like I could almost catch up to him. And I was trying to catch up to him. I'm not sure why, but I knew I was trying to catch up to him. But he was just moving through. He was like ascending through this building up to the highest floor. And I'm chasing him, and I'm seeing him like just disappear barely around every corner. And anyways, I woke up from that dream, and I was at that time I was still with my ex-partner, and it was a very emotional uh, 
wake up for me. I just, I, I cried and, you know, because I hadn't spoken to my father in so long and to have a dream about him like that, um, it was just moving and it stuck with me. And sometimes you have dreams that are, that you just forget. And that one I could remember very, very clearly. Um, and so I wrote it down instantly so it wouldn't fade. And I do that, I try to do that a lot of times when I have these dreams that feel very profound and I've done that before. Um, and so I felt that not only did that, did that dream state relate to the DMT state, but also that I knew during my, that, that was a very recent DMT experience I was writing about. In fact, that was my last DMT experience, which was several weeks ago. Um, and I knew during that experience where I was just crying, like, and I mean, I was just weeping, sobbing. Like, I have literally never cried like that in my life. Never. I've never cried that hard. And uh, I knew that there was many things that I was crying for. I was grieving a lot of different things. But one of the main things that I could feel was that I was grieving uh, the loss of this relationship that I used to have with my father. And like I said, even when this happened, we were already beginning to work on rebuilding our relationship. But I was kind of grieving this idea that my relationship with him will never be what it once was. And, um, you know, it's that's a tough thing to deal with. That's, uh, that's a very uh, hard thing to think about. You know, to think back on who my father was used to be and who he used to be to me and our relationship it's always been tumultuous but there's just it's just never going to be the same and i had to come to grips with that and i was kind of coming to grips with that during that dmt experience and uh i was having this giant like golden like alex gray-esque godhead visage figure speaking to me telepathically basically in this massive spherical atrium and it was telling me just, it wasn't giving me these like profound like data downloads or showing me the meaning of the universe or like, you know, blowing my mind with fractal geometric patterns. It was literally just telling me like tele telepathically to just go ahead and cry like it's okay. Like you're here in front of this giant alien God face and all I have to tell you is that it's okay for you to cry. Just let it out because you need that. And it was like the vision was one thing, but the emotion that it unlocked in me was the very moving part. And I, so I did. I just fucking boohooed. And uh, I wept and wept and wept. It probably wasn't very long, but to me it seemed like forever. You know, like the time dilation, these things distort time and space understandings. Um, and my friend was there. And luckily for me, he understood what was going on and he didn't try to comfort me or to try to bring me out or to try to stop this from happening. He just let me cry. And I'm thankful that I had somebody there who with me who uh, understands that I was undergoing something that I desperately needed to undergo. And I was crying over a lot of things. It was like a big emotional release of a lot of different things. Um, and it was a very moving experience. And so I felt that that piece about the dream about my father also correlated in, in, a, in a double sense to the DMT experience because DMT experiences for me are often very dreamlike. I have to write about them quickly or I can forget. 
and both of those experiences related to my relationship with my father. And so I thought they went well together. I hope that you thought the same thing. Um, once again, guys, I apologize for doing a double trip sitter, but I felt like it was better than giving you guys nothing this week because, like I said, I just ran out of banked episodes. Um, I'm going to be very diligent in the coming week to bank a few to make sure that you guys get some great interviews upcoming. Um, I want to keep bringing you guys those interviews because I know that you love them. I hope that you're enjoying these episodes as well. These episodes for me are a big creative outlet and release, and they're very cathartic for me to share my work and to share my thoughts and my feelings um, with an audience that wants to hear them is important to me. And I appreciate you guys for allowing me to do that here. Uh, that's about all I have to say for this one, y'all. Let's do a quote, and then we'll let you go until next week when we are going to deliver you an interview with I'm Not Sure Who. I've got two or three names lined up. They're all badass. We're going to definitely bring you an interview with one of them next week. Thanks for sticking around, guys. Let's do a quote. Our quote for this episode comes to you from Mr. Oscar Wilde. Yes, I am a dreamer. For a dreamer is one who can only find his way by moonlight. And his punishment is that he sees the dawn before the rest of the world. Thank you for joining us once again, Psychedelicasters. I appreciate you for tuning in and for spending time in the attempt to pry open the third eye with us. You guys take care. We love you. <laughs>